afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And you can catch an episode on Homeless Southern Sports, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of noon in Georgia. It is a Monday, and we have an incredible show for you today. I'm going to air the Georgia Alabama Sports Live show that Thrift Berenger and I did last night on the campus of St. Ann Pacelli. It happened right after the Pacelli Coaches Show that we will air at 7 o'clock every Sunday night. And I am just excited about airing that show because there's a lot to talk about. I'm going to get into that today. The college football playoff. So many opinions. I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio All angles, there's really no right or wrong answer. I will share that. Georgia gets another heartbreaking loss to Alabama in the SEC championship. They just can't figure out Alabama in the SEC championship. Nick Saban owns Kirby Smart in SEC championship games. And they really only have the national championship to go off of beating Alabama. This rivalry has been one-sided, with the exception of the national championship. Falcons get a big win. They are 6-6 and in first place, but it was a very unwatchable game. I will get into that as well. And we will talk about the high school football action that happened on Friday. I really wanted to do a show Friday. In fact, I attempted to do the show at least four times. And work-related issues, things just popped up where I had to put it off. I went ahead and sent Ryan an email. Just play a replay show. I don't like doing that. I like giving you shows, the content that you deserve. I actually had my notes. I was prepared to talk about the Cowboys getting the big win over the Seahawks, previewing all the high school football semifinal games. Well, we have championship games that are happening December 11th through the 13th. One team in Georgia remains the Manchester Blue Devils making it to the state championship for the first time since 1997. They will take on Bowden, a team they upset week one, 21-20 up in Bowden. Manchester is going to be at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Monday, 7 o'clock. Can't wait for that. We do have the Central Red Devils. They are going to be in action Wednesday at Bryant-Denny Stadium taking on the four-time state champions, the Thompson Warriors. But we did have some games. Some team seasons came to an end. The Carver Tigers, they lose to Savannah Christian 51-26 at Otis Spencer Stadium. I was listening to the game on the radio. Savannah Christian looks like a juggernaut. It looks like they are going to win the state championship for 3A. Stars Mill, a team that was in the semifinals, hosting a game against Perry. They were leading... For most of this game, Perry pulls it out, and Perry's going to be in the state championship against Stockbridge. That's going to be a very intriguing matchup. Manchester did get the victory over Telfair County, 35-13. Bowden defeats Schley County, 35-31, in a rematch of the state championship last year. Eufaula's season comes to an end. They lose to Gulf Shores, 45-0. And now let's talk about the GIAA My broadcast partner, Thrift Berenger, had an opportunity to be the voice of the championship games, three of the four championship games in the GIAA, as First Presbyterian Day did defeat Brookstone 44-24 to win the 4A GIAA State Championship. And 
the Flint River Academy Wildcats. A big shout out to Joe Howard, the voice of the Wildcats. They are partying in Woodbury. They get the win over Robert Toombs Academy, 14-7. They finish with a perfect season, 12-0. And I just want to know when the parade is in Woodbury. That whole town rallied around the Flint River Academy Wildcats, and that was a great sight to see. I will go ahead and I will preview all the state championship games in Georgia that will take place in two weeks. They're not going to be taking place this weekend because of the Falcons' home game against the Buccaneers. They will take place the 11th all the way till the 13th, and we will have GPB Sports calling the games. Matt Stewart, Wayne Gandy, John Nelson, Hannah Gooden in studio. Always has a great studio show. And then we also have the state championships for Alabama, which will start on Wednesday with Thompson taking on Central. On Thursday, we have the 3A championship, Madison Academy taking on Mobile Christian. The Class 1A championship, Kusa Christian is taking on Leroy. The Class 5A championship, Ramsey is taking on Gulf Shores. And on Friday, you have the 2A championship, Realtown is taking on Fife. That's going to be at 3 o'clock at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And the 6A championship, Sarah Land trying to go for back-to-back championships, taking on Clay Chalkville. I can't believe that high school football is wrapping up. We have high school basketball as we've got some games all week. And we also have CVCC Hoops, St. Ampicelli, we got Glenwood. I mean, we've got so many high school basketball games. You could catch them on Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. It is going to be a busy week. Before I get into the college football playoff rankings, I do want to talk about the SEC championship game, Georgia and Alabama. Alabama wins 27-24. I felt that Georgia should have won this game if they didn't make the mistakes. When you're facing a Nick Saban coach team, You've got to play perfect football. And the missed field goal, the turnover that led to a field goal by Alabama, that was the difference in the game. You can make all the excuses you want about the injuries. Lad McConkie, Brock Bowers was banged up. They didn't have Ra Ra Thomas. They lost some offensive linemen. But Alabama had injuries. Jace McClellan was out. Kool-Aid McKinstry got hurt in that game. I think the job that Nick Saban has done at Alabama this year, he should be coach of the year because Alabama, after getting a narrow win against South Florida, Jalen Milrow was benched. And then when the offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, designed the offense to accustom Jalen Milrow's abilities, that's when Alabama took off. But they still had very close wins against Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee. Who knows what could have happened if Jalen Daniels didn't get hurt in that LSU game. And then, of course, the Iron Bowl, the Gravedigger, saved their season. And Alabama's in the college football playoff. They are going to play Michigan, who is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. I'm looking forward to that. Georgia is going to play Florida State in the Orange Bowl. A nice consolation prize. But is Georgia one of the best four teams in college football? 
Well, they didn't win their conference. This was the year where I don't think they could have got it right. They couldn't have got it wrong either. The debate is, is it the four best teams or is it the four most deserving teams? Because Florida State does have a case. Power five, undefeated conference champion. I do feel that they got hosed. I feel bad for Florida State. But the committee had a very tough decision. And I don't think the committee was all that impressed with their narrow win against Louisville Saturday night. They were probably watching that game. And if they really wanted to impress the committee, they needed to go for style points. Look at what happened in 2014 with Ohio State when they beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing. That made a difference. And I just don't think the committee was impressed with a 16 to 6 victory even though it was a 14th ranked Louisville team. It wasn't impressive at all. And Brock Glenn, who's a true freshman, he's a third string quarterback. He only passed for 55 yards. That is not going to get it done. And Florida State, they had a case, but the committee chose Alabama instead. Could you make an argument to put both in? Well, what about Texas? Texas has the head-to-head. They value head-to-head in the selection process. This really was the year where they could have put six in. If they had the six-team playoff, it would have been perfect. But this is the final year of the four-team playoff. We go to 12 next year. Get ready because there's going to be teams that are ranked 13th and 14th that have a case. Why didn't they get in? But there should be no excuses. You play the games on the field. And I know they want to try to get the best matchups, but why even bother playing the games? I've heard both sides, but I'm good with the matchups. It's going to be an intriguing college football playoff. Texas taking on Washington. Alabama taking on Michigan. I will preview the entire bowl season in later shows. We do have one more regular season college football game. This weekend, it's the Army-Navy game. Both teams 5-6. and six. I know they already selected the bowls, but could they have not have waited for the winner of this game to go to a bowl game? I don't know. I kind of think they jumped the gun on that. Hey, so we do have some pretty interesting bowl games. The Cotton Bowl, Missouri and Ohio State. You got the Chick-fil-A Bowl, Ole Miss and Penn State. Auburn's taking on Maryland in the Music City Bowl. Liberty taking on Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. That's going to be a nice matchup. Congratulations to Liberty getting in a New Year's Six Bowl. Georgia Southern actually starts things at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, December the 16th, taking on Ohio in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Some of the other local teams, Georgia Tech is taking on Central Florida on December the 22nd. And Georgia State taking on Utah State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on December 23rd. NFL action, the Atlanta Falcons. Well, that was a very hard game to watch. 13-8 over the New York Jets. Desmond Ritter did throw a touchdown pass to McCole Pruitt. He didn't make the big mistake, but Tim Boyle, he got benched. Trevor Simeon comes into the game. This was a very unwatchable game, but a win is a win. The Falcons are 6-6, six and six and they'll play the Buccaneers next week. To help their case, the Saints lose to the Lions 33-28. Derek Carr is still in concussion protocol. Jameis Winston almost pulled that one off, but the game that was the hardest to watch was that Chargers-Patriots game. 
Six to nothing, the Chargers win that game. It seems like the Patriots are done. They're going to try to go for a quarterback in next year's draft. Maybe Caleb Williams, maybe Drake May. Does Bill Belichick survive this season? You have the Kansas City Chiefs losing to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. Packers are back in the mix for a possible playoff berth. They're 6-6. Six and six. The Chiefs fall to 8-4. and four. They play Buffalo next week. Get ready. That's going to be a very exciting game because the Bills, they're fighting for a playoff spot, but the teams in front of them, like Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Pittsburgh's going to be without Kenny Pickett. Cleveland, their quarterback situation is still up in the air. But the game that was hyped to be the game of the year turned out to be a blowout by the San Francisco 49ers getting the impressive 42-19 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. When I watched this game, I thought that the Eagles came out and dominated. They dominated that first quarter. But it was the 49ers' defense that held the Eagles to just two field goals. And Brock Purdy got into a rhythm. I thought he was going to get rattled because he's back in Philly. That's where he had the major injury in the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy looked amazing. Four touchdown passes. Had a quarterback rating of 148. He's got the best rating in the league. This was a statement win by the 49ers. And the number one seed is within their reach because if the Eagles lose to the Cowboys next week, The 49ers will have the tiebreaker with the Eagles. But this game I thought was going to turn when Dre Greenlock got ejected for punching that security guard. The Eagles marched down. They got that touchdown to make it 21-13. And I felt like all the momentum flipped to Philly because it got the crowd riled up. But the 49ers responded. Debo Samuel He had two touchdowns. He had an amazing game. And I know the 49ers missed Debo in those three losses. The 49ers are back on track, and they're the best team in the NFL. Before I close out this segment of the show and bring on Thrift Behringer for the Georgia-Alabama Sports Live show, I do want to talk about some of the college basketball upsets that happened over the weekend. Congratulations to Georgia Tech head coach Damian Stoudemire. Think he's got him in the right direction. They upset Duke, a big win for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And congratulations to Kennesaw State getting a big win over Georgia State. And they are buzzing up in Kennesaw, Georgia. They feel that they have a legitimate team that can make it back to the NCAA tournament. And I just got to say how impressed I am with them. All right, that's going to do it for this portion of the show. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to air the Georgia-Alabama Sports Live show that Thrip Erich and I did last night on the campus of St. Ann Pacelli. You don't want to go anywhere. It's the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and we will be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bug, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941.
It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. Welcome back, everyone. Thrip Berenger, Richard Holzer, George Alabama Sports Live Show. Um, and we did the Pacelli Basketball Coach, Coaches Show. Thank you to Corey Black. Thank you to Bryant Thomas. We'll do that every other week. And this was the initial one right here on George Alabama Sports Live. I told you it's two shows in one video. And we're excited to now do the George Alabama Sports Live Show. We're going to first start, and I got my, my guy Richard. I forgot that. I'm starting, and I brought my guy in, Richard Holdridge. Um, and I want to first start with high school playoffs, um, but before that, I got to give some shout outs. This past week, I had the honor and privilege of being the play-by-play -play announcer for three of the four, and I broadcast it all. I was the color guy for one of the other one, uh, for GIAA.TV state championship games. Thank you to Tony. Thank you to Brett Taylor um, for believing in me and allowing me the opportunity. Jeremy Hayes was there, Russ and Reese Lenig. Uh, they were there as well. It was an incredible broadcast, incredible two days of calling four state championship games. Um, and that made six that I've called this year, Richard. I called the Glenwood Lee Scott. You, were, you unfortunately had to miss that. You were there for the Calvary and Skip Zone game. And then these past four, and I was able to do Brooks Zone as they came up short against First Presbyterian Day. But just unbelievable experience to be able to do that at Mercer Stadium. Macon, Mercer has a beautiful field. I don't think you've ever been there, Richard. It's, it, was a, it was a great experience. And I want to say thank you for everyone that showed me love and was watching it, and, and specifically DJ Jones and uh, my girlfriend. They were really showing me a lot of love watching the game and uh, telling me how good of a job I was doing. But it was, again, having a spotter, having a statistician. I mean, it was an all-out broadcast. But I'm appreciative of what we do at Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And uh, they, are, they were telling me how they think we're – we have a tremendous A1 broadcast every time we do it, whether it's football, baseball, or basketball. And that goes to Chris, that goes to Toygar, and yourself, Richard. Uh, but thank you again, the GIAA, for allowing me that opportunity. And uh, it looks like I'll maybe do it basketball when it's here at Columbus State for the state championship. So that, will, uh, that would definitely be pretty cool. So that's where I wanted to start and saying thank you to everyone. 
Also, actually, I'll save the, the college football, my experience yesterday, for later on. So let's say with, with high school football, um, we'll start with Flint River. Shout out to Joe Howard. When we were there and we called that game against Calvary, we heard first down, Wildcats, probably about 350 times. It was a blowout. Flint River dominated everybody in front of them. They were 11-0 coming in, and uh, they had a tough matchup against Robert Toons. Uh, Robert Toons had five times they were inside the zone and weren't able to capitalize and score a touchdown. Uh, but Flint River able to hold on, play great defense, and for Coach Hoffman, Kirk Hoffman, that's just state championship since taking over the program back in 2016. And I know those Wildcat fans, including Joe Howard and the rest of their staff and the players, uh, Trent Young, Lucas Martin, um, McMichael, I mean, excuse me, McMichael, McMichael plays for John Millage, but uh, the rest of the Flint River Academy Wildcats, great season, and they become state champions. Well, I'll tell you what, Thrift, the entire town of Woodbury was probably at their biggest establishment on that corner, that, that sports bar and, and that fruit stand that they have in Woodbury, and they were live streaming the game that you broadcast on GIAA TV and Woodbury. They rallied. A lot of them went down to Five Star Stadium down in Macon, but the whole town is proud of the Flint River Academy Wildcats. Undefeated season. Congratulations. And I know that, you know, we're friends with Joe Howard, the voice of the Wildcats. I know he was excited. He texted me right after they won. And, Loved it. And I, I jokingly said, oh, are they going to have a parade in Woodbury? I mean, which they, I think they should. Would I mean, you that's go a, to the parade? I, absolutely. I mean, this is a huge just event for the entire town of Woodbury. When we were there at Woodbury, it, it seemed like the whole town shut down. They were at the Flint River Stadium for that game. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, again, to be able to call that state championship. So good job for Flint River. Uh, moving on, Brookstone, who upset Pacelli, the number three seed, that upset undefeated Bullock on the road the next week, and then they took on FPD. Um, FPD's got a guy in Jakari Williams. He wore number two. He played like Jaden Daniels. The guy can make plays with his legs. He can throw the ball on the run and throw a 60-yard seed. He, uh, there was a lot of busted plays in the secondary, but I thought a lot of that had to do with the playmakers and the, and the play calls from Coach Collier and FPD. They just were on another level. And a great season for Brookstone. They did make it respectable. It was 44-10 at one point, and right. yet Brookstone scored two straight touchdowns, got an onside kick, almost scored three straight. Uh, and that's the no-quit mentality that Coach Gillespie has instilled in Brookstone. And in his first two seasons, losing in the Final Four and the state championship, he eventually is going to get Brookstone that coveted state championship game. Um, they want it. I don't think they have it in football or basketball, and I know they want it really bad. Um, so they're going to come up, and they return a lot of players next year. Uh, but great season. Brookstone. Absolutely. Congratulations to the Brookstone Cougars on an incredible season. If you look at the players they lost from last year's team, Andrew Offer goes to Central. Walter Blanchard's playing at Georgia. You have Dimitri Flowers, their leading rusher. Lane Cannon came in and he did just fine, you know, filling in the gaps. And uh, Brooks Roney, great quarterback. He is going to be back. Chris Vickerson, a great possession tight end type receiver. I thought that Brookstone had a very incredible season. They were just going up against a, a team in First Presbyterian Day that, you know, they are a juggernaut. I mean, they, they have been dominant all season, and, you know, they just came up short in the state championship. Yeah, they did, but great job uh, by Roney, um, Lane Cannon, Chris Vickerson, who was a tight end defensive end. He had a really good state championship game. Um, I was proud of the Cougars, and all the Cougar fan base should be 
as well. Savannah Christian took on Carver, and Carver's defense just came up short. I think Savannah Christian's a juggernaut. They're having a great season, 11-2 and two on the year. And they came in to Oda Spencer Stadium, and they just laid it on the Tigers. Uh, Carver, if they were going to win this, they knew they had to keep it low scoring and win it defensively, time of possession, dominate the running game inside the trenches. It was 36 at halftime. Savannah Christian just, uh, just opened the doors open. Um, but Carver, everybody doubted them. Two and three, won eight straight games and finished 10 and four on the season. Great job by the Carver Tigers, making it to the final four, winning three playoff games, and came up one game for making it to the state championship. Can you believe that, Richard? I cannot Especially believe it. Especially the way it. the season yeah. was playing out. Exactly. But they got to host a playoff game at Otis Spencer Stadium in December, a semifinal matchup, and it was great for the community in Columbus to rally around the Carver Tigers and Coach Pierre Coffey in his second season. When you think of the Carver Tigers, you think of just all the great players that played in the NFL, that played at the next level. And this Carver team is young. They have weathered the storm through playoff experience, and I think they're just going to continue to get better. It's just that Savannah Christian was a very tough team. They were a number two seed, but they're in the same bracket with Calvary Day. Yeah. And Calvary Day went undefeated. Um, they did lose to Cedar Grove. Savannah Christian will play Cedar Grove in the state championship at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But Savannah Christian, it was within the first two minutes, they were already up 17 nothing. And, and it was hard for Carver to dig out of that hole. And they also had two defensive touchdowns, and it was just too much. Savannah Christian put up 51 on that Carver defense. Very impressive. Yeah. And I think that they're going to win the state championship for 3A. Central takes on Thompson. And uh, Central has been the most dominant team in this area. Yeah, absolutely. They've been our number one team. We're going to have a show later on this week. We, we don't know the day specifically, but we'll, we'll put that out there. We'll have one more show. Um, but Central... If they do win, they'll finish number one in our final G GAS live um, rankings. But they they got to finish the job. Central team that came up short against McGill Tulin all those years. Remember, kept losing in the final four to McGill Tulin. They finally get that all get over that hump and dominate Thompson in 2018. And since then, Thompson has won the 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022 state championships. The last time any other team won it was Central, and right. they beat Thompson. Thompson's made it to six straight state championship games. They returned their quarterback, who was an eighth grader last year, now a freshman. Thompson's only losses to an undefeated Clay Chalkville. Was it Clay Chalkville or Saraland? I it think it's Clay, Clay Chalkville. It was Clay Chalkville. Um, who's undefeated, playing in the state championship Against game. Saraland. Against yeah. Saraland. So uh, Clay Chalkville, also the highest-rated team in Max Preps in Alabama. Right. put Central there, but that's neither here nor there. I just don't see it, man. I don't think, and this is Coach Nix's best team, by the way, Cam Coleman flipped to Auburn. Oh, I saw Congratulations that. Congratulations to Hugh Freeze. Um, but the Central Red Devils, I think that they're going to, I think they're going to take Thompson down in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Um, and remember the last time they played in Bryant-Denny, they lost to Thompson back in 2019. How do you think this is going to play out, Richard? I think Central is going to go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and get the win over Thompson. It's going to be a much closer game. Thompson still has a very talented team. And Trent Seaburn, the freshman who had a huge game as an eighth grader when they played Auburn in the state championship, which Central is out to try to get a state championship. They felt like they should have been in the state title game last year, but Auburn upset them in the semifinals. Yep. But Central has been just the better team, and really it's been the perfect marriage between you have Andrew Alford, 
the cornerback that played at Brookstone, playing under Coach Patrick Nix's system, and he has weapons. Not just Cam Coleman, but he also has Dalen Upshaw. He has Dylan Gentry. Yeah. And you also can't forget about the running back, Zach Simmons. Come on. And then you look at all the, the defensive stars. You go down Rivals.com. I mean, the, the stars are going to be playing at the next level. Central is loaded. And even though Thompson is loaded as well, it, Central's been playing the best all year, and really their closest win was only by 10 points. And it, so it's been dominant. It would be an upset. If Thompson I think it beat, would. I think it would be a huge upset. Central should be the favorite going into this game. Wednesday night, we'll be watching it, Richard. It's Absolutely. On Alabama Public Television, we'll be streaming that. We won't have it on Georgia Alabama Sports Live, but we'll be watching the stream. Absolutely. I'm excited about that. And by the way, if Central wins, and we hopefully will see them, and uh, the rest of the schools that will be at the Sports Regions Awards Luncheon. Calvary came up just short, Brookstone came up short, Glenwood came up short, and Central's the fourth team in this area to play in a state championship. And we're going to have the Sports Regions Awards Luncheon Thursday. Hugh Freeze will be guest speaker. Myself and DJ Jones will be presenting awards. You'll be there part of the media with Hoppy and Reese from WTVM and Redman and Patterson and Castillo um, for WRBL, um, so we can't wait for it. It's at the St. Luke Ministry Center at 11.30. We'll have that video out as soon as we're done with the uh, luncheon, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for it. Sports Vision Awards luncheon this Thursday. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, something happened today. I don't know if you knew that, Richard, but the oh, playoff yeah. committee made their, their rankings in their they top did. four. And we're going to give our thoughts on that in just a second. But let's talk about what happened last night in the SC Championship game. I had the pleasure, because I work for Sports Visions and DJ Jones, and I was a credential media. And I got to be on the field pregame, and I got to be there and watch what I thought was one of the best SC Championship games we've seen um, in a few years. It's always a classic when these two teams face off. Uh, but I just had a feeling. As much as I talked about, I, I was picking Alabama on sports, I mean, Georgia on Sports Visions. I thought they were the better team coming into the game. In my gut, Nick Saban wins these. He's played intense SEC championships. He's won nine of them. The only time he's lost, it's been the only time he wasn't favored in that game um, back in 08. Now, he wasn't favored against Georgia in 21 or in this year in 23, and he's 2-0 in those games. The only time he's lost when he hasn't been favored was back again in 08 to, I think, one of the best teams of all time, that 08 Florida team, Richard. Right. Uh, but since then, nine straight, hasn't lost, hasn't lost to Georgia, beat him in 12, beat him in uh, 18, beat him in 21, and now beat him in 22. 4-0 against them, um, excuse me, eight, um, 12, 18, 21, and 23. 4-0 against him in the SC Championship game. Milrow made the necessary plays when needed to. I looked at one point, he had like a 44% completion percentage, but had the explosive plays, was able to get it out to his playmakers. Um, they were able to run the football. I thought they dominated the line of scrimmage. And I thought, I honestly thought Georgia, through majority of that game, they made mistakes in play calling. And Bobo has been phenomenal this entire year. Um, I thought he had his worst called game against Alabama. And a lot of credit goes to Kevin Steele and that Alabama defense. Um, Georgia has not faced a defensive line like that all season long. No, they so haven't. So you saw that their offensive linemen, they did struggle with the block. Turner had a really good game. They were able to get after Beck when needed to. Georgia did respond a couple times being down by 10. Um, 
But when the lights weren't on them, the pre and in that pressurized moments, Jalen Milrow came up big and a great win for the Alabama Crimson Tide. With the exception of that first drive, Georgia took it down the field and scored that first touchdown. The play calling for offensive coordinator Mike Bobo was conservative. You know, running it on first and second down and getting into a third and two situation, you got to give Alabama's defense credit for making the necessary stops. I thought Alabama played a little bit aggressive, you know, getting that pass to the former Georgia wide receiver Jermaine Burton and just an incredible catch. Whether it was a catch or not, Isaiah Bond, I, I thought it should have been to, went to replay. But I think missing that field goal for Georgia was huge. I know it hit off the cross post. It was a 50-yarder. The false start, like if it was a 45-yarder, it would have gone in. Right. And we're, we're talking about a 10-10 ball game. But with Alabama taking the 17-7 lead at the half, they were ag aggressive in that first half. I thought with Georgia down by 10, I mean, they did a good job marching down the field and keeping it close, but I felt like when it was 20-17, to 17, Alabama had the ball. Jalen Milrow, all the pressure was on him because so far in this second half, Alabama hasn't done anything. How about Nick Saban going forward on fourth and four? Um, very, could, very gutsy honestly, call. I thought that was the, the play of the game. Absolutely. Um, and Aggressive. It, it just being able to go for that, throw it up to Isaiah Bond, who was great. All game long, and Kirk Nick Saban 3-0 against Kirby Smart in SC Championship game, 4-0 against Georgia. Big-time win for Alabama, and that leads us to our next point, Richard. The College Football Playoff Committee. And I'm not going to go first because I went first on the SC Championship game. Again, incredible experience. Hospitality was at its finest. Um, just got to see a lot of people. Our guy, Josh Pate, got to talk with Peter Burns. Um, got to see Sean Marino. I mean, you're talking about DJ Jones. That, that guy knows everyone. You got Hall of Famers coming up and dapping him up. Everybody knows who DJ. Greg Sankey saying hey to DJ. I mean, I, I'm living the dream right now when I'm walking around with my guy. And uh, the food was excellent, obviously. Just a, it's a great, a lot of fun to be there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for what was the last SEC on CBS broadcast. Um, probably ever, because I don't know if they're ever going to leave ESPN or it's going to be a long time. But the committee came out with their rankings today, and there's been a lot of uproar. Richard, the floor is yours. Simple question, but I think it's going to be a unique and complex answer. Did they get it right? I do feel that they've got the best matchups in this college football playoff. But if you look at the history. And tell, me, tell everyone the matchups that have not been paying right. attention. Like, if you're not been paying attention to the rankings, the matchup is Alabama is going to play Michigan in the Rose Bowl. That's one versus four. And one versus four. Washington's going to play Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Washington two, Texas three. And I, I think those are good matchups. They're very compelling. I'm going to watch them. But the they big. Right. They did get it right as far as putting the four best teams because really is it the four best teams or the four most deserving teams in the history of the college football playoff there has never been an undefeated power five conference champion that has been left out of the college football playoff and i can understand the uproar on florida state not getting in they were undefeated they lost jordan travis in that game against north alabama right. but they won with their backup quarterback I understand that the committee was looking at that ACC championship game against Louisville, and they barely won, 16 to six. That defense is a college football playoff defense, but their third-string quarterback just 
did not move the ball down the field with ease, and it was only 16-6. to And that might have been in the back of the college football playoff committee's minds that, that maybe Florida State would not be the best matchup. But you've got to remember, it's, you play the games. You, it's really, why are we playing the games if you're putting a one-loss team over an undefeated team? But I understand why they put Alabama in over Florida State. And by the way, this has been phenomenally produced by my guy, Chris Gates, and you see the rankings up right now. I'm going to say this. I know there's a lot of uproar, but here's my thought process, Richard. Did anyone really think that Alabama was going to be left out? No. I, and I want to think about the ramifications if you leave Alabama and Georgia out. I get that the, the, the argument that you're making, that Florida State finished undefeated, even without their with their third-string quarterback, they beat a Louisville team who I think is better than uh, Iowa. And honestly, I thought they looked just as good as Michigan did last night. Michigan didn't look, look too good, and they didn't look that good in the first half. It didn't matter because they just needed to win the game, and they ended up winning 26 to nothing because they were going to be in automatically. But think about if they left out Alabama and Georgia, what would happen? The uproar from Greg Sankey. I don't think they wanted to deal with that. No. I, and I think this is a hot take. I think that if SEC would have got left out, they would have made conversations about removing their league from the NCAA. Think about that. Getting away from the, having their own playoff, having their own national champion. I think that's what would have happened. And I think that was in the committee's mind. I think that was in Bill Hancock's mind. If we don't have an SEC team in here, teams like Alabama and Georgia, who their only losses were to playoff teams, Georgia in the SEC championship by three on a neutral field against Alabama, and Alabama on the, at home against Texas, who's the number three team in the country right. according to the committee. You're going to leave them both out roster-wise. Obviously, they got the best rosters in college football, and I don't think it's close with anyone else. I think Michigan's got a good team. Washington's got a great team. Texas has got a really good roster, but no one compares to Alabama and Georgia. So for those that are really upset, and I know there's Florida State fans out there that just couldn't believe that their team did not make it. And I know it, it, it bothers them because it would bother me if my team didn't make it. But looking in the mirror, do not ever compare your roster to what that Ohio State roster was back in 2014. For one, Ezekiel Elliott had 2,000 yards rushing. Florida State's good. They don't have no one near the running back caliber of Ezekiel Elliott. Think about Evan Spencer, uh, Malcolm um, – uh, excuse me, Michael Thomas on the outside, Curtis Samuel. Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. And we learned that Cardell Jones was a really good third-string quarterback. That's one of the best quarterback rooms I think we've ever seen when it comes to college. I know none of them were good pros, but Cardell, JT, and then I can't even think of his name, Braxton Miller. Even with Cardell being the third string, they took on Wisconsin, who was a top-12 team, favored in that game, and beat them 59 to nothing. If Florida State beats Louisville 59 to nothing, I think Florida State's in. If the third-string quarterback, Brock Glenn, played like Cardell Jones did in that game, I think Florida State's in. Because you can make the argument, hey, they just beat Wisconsin, like Ohio State did 59 nothing. we got to put them in. That's still a really good team, and they're competitive, and they can compete with Alabama. There's no chance Florida State can compete, even with Roadmaker coming in against Michigan. I just don't. I think Florida State's got a really good defense. Um, 
I, it's hard to compare, again, to what Ohio State was um, because Ohio State, their offense was not predicated on quarterback. It was a quarterback-friendly offense. That means a lot right. of people could play that position and be successful in that system with Tom Herman. I don't see that at Florida State. I think they needed Jordan Travis, and I hate it because the argument is you look at their resume, they deserve to be in. Obviously, Power Five undefeated team beat LSU, beat Florida, beat everyone on their on their schedule, and then with the third string quarterback beat Louisville. But there's no way Alabama was getting left out. You can make the argument Washington, who had like nine straight weeks of single digit wins, right? Maybe they shouldn't have been put in, but they're undefeated, and they have their quarterback who's going to be a Heisman Trophy Absolutely. contender. Um, I. I know it's a tough pill to swallow, and I know now this is where everybody else is going to say we need more teams. But here's the thing. What this is going to do, adding 12-team playoff, and if you look at the 12-team playoff, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and Penn State, none of them were sniffing. Oklahoma a little bit um, because they did beat Texas. But Ole Miss and Penn State, they both – Ole Miss lost to Georgia and Bama by double digits. Penn State lost to Michigan and Ohio State. Neither them, one of them were close to winning their conference, yet they'd be in the playoff. I, it's hard for me to buy into the big playoff format. I like the six. I like two first top two teams get a bye and then have six. I think there's six teams right now if you look. The six teams and throw out Ohio State, the six teams in Georgia, Florida State, Bama, Texas, Washington, Michigan, I think should have made the playoffs. You can make that counter. You go to 12 teams, then you're telling teams you don't have to win the conference. I know it's going to be a big deal. I know team guys like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are going to say, hey, I, I want them. Uh, we want to win the SEC. It means something to us. Okay. But it doesn't decide if you make the playoff or not. You can go 10-2. and two. Like Auburn next year could lose to Florida, I mean Georgia and Alabama on the road and still make the playoff. Think about that. You lose to your biggest rivals. You don't even come close to winning your conference. Yet you have a chance to win a national championship. Times are changing. I don't know if I believe in it, but those who wish for it, if you think that now it doesn't matter because, oh, you're saying with Florida State not making it, it doesn't matter what they do on the field. You're saying it's just about the best teams. Well, that's danger what's going to happen when we have the 12-team format. So your argument, it's I, I understand most deserving, but I think the committee got it right, ultimately, Richard. And I think it's Michigan, Alabama is going to be a great game. And I think Washington, Texas is going to be a good game. I honestly would have put Georgia in over Washington. I, I'm just not a believer that they're one of the top four teams. I think they're top six team. I would have done Michigan, Georgia, Bama, Texas again. I think those are the four best teams and the best matchups, that three matchups everybody wants. Um, but ultimately, I'm fine with what they came up with. Any final thoughts, Richard? Well, luckily, this is the final year for the four-team college you, football playoff. How do you playoff. feel about it? Because our guy Josh Pate, think he doesn't like it. Well, th- this year was very special because we could have put at least six. Like and I think six like, is perfect. And just like in 2014, this was the last time. The last time this happened was 2014. All the other years, we were buying. Like we were. Come on, last year, Ohio State getting in 11-1 and Bama at 10 and two. I mean, that's not really that hard of an argument, in my opinion. Bama lost two games. Okay? Yeah. Previous year, Cincinnati undefeated, getting in over a two-loss team. It didn't bother me. Okay? 
But this year, just like in 2014, when Baylor and TCU got left out because they did their co-champion nonsense, instead of just declaring Baylor champions, they probably would have been put in over Iowa State. It's the first time we had controversy. Yes. And it came probably, like you said, at the right time, considering the fact that now we're expanding next year. I agree. I thought that Georgia should have been in because they were one of the four best teams. Uh, they had played an incredible game against Alabama. Could have went either way. I thought yeah. that Georgia played very well. And Kirby Smart said they are going to play up against Florida State in the Orange Bowl. I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, I know that Florida State, there's talks, well, if they beat Georgia. I mean, that's, I, Georgia is going to be favored by at least two touchdowns, and they should win. There's some talks. Is Brock Bowers going to play in the bowl game? Are they going to have some players sit out? I don't want Georgia to have a situation where the consolation prize where they had to play Texas in 2018, and they just did not go up to that game. Sam Ellinger just went off and had a great game against Georgia. But I want to see a good game. I think that Georgia has to prove a point that they, they are still one of the best teams in college football, and uh, they'll be back. I know Georgia fans are down that they're not into the, in the college football playoff, but they will be back. I mean, it, yeah, no. And they return a majority of their players. Absolutely. Picture. But here's, I'm going to use this one phrase. You got flawed people trying to perfect an imperfect system. And that's what the college football play, playoff committee is. They're flawed, just like all human beings are. Right. An imperfect system, and then you want them to be perfect at getting it right. It's not going to happen. Obviously, with all human beings, they're going to be um, not what's consistent in, the, in their terminology and the way they go about their criteria in picking these games. So if you have that mindset, flawed humans per, trying to perfect an imperfect system, you're going to get results like this and you won't be upset or in an uproar because you should have expected this to happen. If you're a Florida State fan, you should have known something like this was going to happen. For all those that are saying it's about money, I don't think it's just about money. It's also about ratings. It's about a lot of things and a lot of factors that go into the way they pick, the way they do. But obviously, when you're having millions and millions and close to billions of dollars into these two games, you want it to be the best product. And the best product didn't have Florida State in it. So I have no problem with it. And uh, we'll move on. New Year's Six game though, Georgia and Florida State. Penn State, Missouri. I think that's going to be a good one. I've got Missouri right here in Atlanta. I'd put a lot of money on Missouri on that. Um, how about Liberty? Jamie Chadwell. Great job. To the Fiesta Bowl, and I think they're going to get smoked by Oregon, uh, by Oregon yeah. if Bo next decides to play in that game. Atlanta Falcons get a ugly, and this is how they're going to play this year, Falcons fans, so just get over it. Ugly win over the Jets, 13-8. Defense came up big. It's hard to watch. It, it, it was a uh, – it was like watching paint dry. It really it was. was. It, was it, it wasn't as bad as the Chargers and Patriots. Yeah, don't even get me started on that one. Um, but Saints lost, and even if Tampa Bay won, they're still a game ahead of all the teams, and I think they're the favorite. And if you look at the schedule, they'll win 10 games this year, go 10-7, and seven, I think, 11-6 and six around there. They may win out, honestly, the way their schedule's set up. This is one of their tough games on the road. Probably 10-7, and seven, Saints at the Saints. Um, but I do think that the Falcons will win. But Ritter, who had a decent game today. He didn't make he didn't the big mistake. Them. He didn't no. make them the big mistake like he had in the past. Um, but whenever they finally get that guy at the quarterback position, I just don't think it's Ritter. The Falcons roster tells me they're a team, that, and looking at the NFC, you got the Eagles, you got the 49ers, you got the Lions. 
But roster-wise, aside from the quarterback, Falcons match up with all of them. But their quarterback is what's going to be their Keeley Zill. But a big win over the Jets. Go to 6-6. Six and six, Get back to 500. That's back-to-back -back wins. And uh, they now are top the NFC South division. And they are a game and a half above the Saints who lost to the Lions today. So if the playoffs were to end today, like, the Falcons would host a playoff game at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the first round. More than likely, they'll, they'll probably play the Cowboys but, or the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles lost to the 49ers today, and then they have to play the Cowboys next week. But right now, they have the fifth best record in the NFC. Yeah. The NFC, it, it, the top, it's top heavy. Eagles, 49ers, Lions, Cowboys, they are the class of the NFC. And then the bottom, the, the Saints really not helping themselves out. The Buccaneers did get the win over Carolina yep. today. Uh, the Rams actually won a game. I mean, and the Seahawks are free-falling. I, I don't know what's going on with the Seahawks. I mean, they lost to the Cowboys on Thursday night. I mean, they got to play the 49ers and the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, I don't think the Seahawks are going to make it. And, and you didn't even mention your team, the 49ers, just laying the wood to the Eagles. And the Eagles have been winning a lot of, just like last week against the Chiefs, um, games, and they were down 17-7 to seven. games. They probably shouldn't have those single-digit, one-possession games. And uh, they finally got a hand it to them. Yeah. And honestly, now, I think San Francisco, Brock Purdy played great. I think that they're fully healthy, and I think the 49ers, I think they're the best team in football. The Chiefs are right now losing to the Packers, but I'm looking at everyone, and that includes the Ravens, who are a little bit up and down. Yeah, I know they're 8-3. Yeah. Um, actually, 9-3, and three, they won. Um, I... I I think the 49ers have the, the best team in football. Well, the game started off very slow. The Eagles came They're out. Down 6-0. They were down 6-0. Hats off to the 49ers defense for holding the Eagles to two field goals because Jalen Hurts was just marching up and down the field. I mean, I, I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the league, but the 49ers responded. I thought that Brock Purdy, he got the, those jitters because I know in the back of his mind, this is where he got hurt in the NFC Championship game. Hassan Reddick was in the backfield and I know that had to cross his mind but they stuck to the game plan and I think that they have the most dynamic weapons Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey who's probably going to win MVP uh, their defense you know they still are very good between the 20s they're a bend don't break defense but I think right now they are in the driver's seat to get the number one seed because they have the tiebreaker with the Eagles. I think the Eagles lose to Dallas next week. The 49ers beat the Seahawks. And really, their most toughest game is on Christmas when they play the Baltimore Ravens, but it's at home. Yeah. So I think the 49ers That's could. That's going to be a good one on oh. Christmas. Day. Oh, I cannot wait. Ravens are 9-3. and three. Um, yeah. But NFL, a lot of teams, this is, I think, the most parity and everything's up for grabs. I know. Absolutely. I, I'm going to say, obviously, the Chiefs, I think they're going to come back and win tonight. They're down 14-3 to on the road. Um, they're 8-3. and I still think they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. And they're probably the favorite to make it the Super Bowl. But I think the favorite to win it has got to be the 49ers this year. And uh, came up short in 2012. Came up short in 2019. Came up uh, short last year in the NFC Championship game and the year before that in the NFC Championship game. Eventually, they're going to finally get over the top and, and get that six Say six um, Super Bowl ring for French and franchise history, um, but it's been a lot of fun. We will talk about college basketball as we continue on through the rest of this year. Huge upset. Yeah, we're not going to talk about yeah. week by week. I know Tech. Shout out to our guy oh. Persian Williams upset in Duke, Auburn getting upset against Appalachian State, um, Kentucky losing UNC Nashville. I mean, a lot of upsets are happening, 
And uh, Purdue looking like the dominant team right now, but it's early. And again, I told you with Purdue, I don't care what they do in the regular season. I need to see what they do during the March Madness. Um, and then we NBA, the end season tournament. Um, I think it's next week, or is it this they're, week? They're having the, the semifinal games next week, yeah. and then they'll have the championship. We'll, we'll talk about those when we get uh, when we do the show. But thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you again for watching the Pacelli Basketball Show. Uh, thank you for watching us today. Go Red Devils. They take on Thompson. We'll be cheering for yeah. them. Um, I think the committee got it right. So does Richard. And <laughs> then the Falcons get a big win. So. Coming up this week, tomorrow, we got Glenwood taking on Southern Prep. Richard, you'll be on the call there with Toy Guard. He'll be producing it. Tuesday, I'll be here for Bethlehem Christian, home opener for the boys. And the girls are playing their second game. It's 5 and 6.30. And then on Wednesday, Harris County Carver. Thursday, CBCC Boys. Friday, Pacelli Boys only against Christian Heritage. Saturday, Pacelli Boys only against Valdosta State. And then CBCC Girls and boys playing on Alumni Day starting at 2.30 and then after the boys will be at 4.30. So that's six straight days of basketball Absolutely. right here on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. So from Richard Aldridge, I'm Thrip Barringer saying thank you all so much. Like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and we'll see you later. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around, fish dinners, open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken, right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around, so great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. 
Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worms' soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.